0: Hey, I know you're probably driving or running or cleaning the house or doing something else when you're listening to this, but look, If you're a B2B marketer and you need to start generating revenue from your marketing, then you have to check out our 12-week program, the B2B Incubator. It's built for small in-house B2B marketing teams with limited time and budget. We give you the strategy, the templates, and the tools to start driving revenue, not just leads. So if you're ready to act on all the advice Kevin and I give you, next time you take that first sip of coffee in the morning, make sure you head to the B2B Incubator and apply now. There's only 10 spots available per cohort with our next one launching at the end of May, 2024. Remember, the B2B Incubator, apply now so you don't miss out. We've had B2B Marketing Managers, CMOs, Marketers in Demand roles, Content Leads and more all go through this program and they're currently executing the demand strategies that they've created. Some are now even contributing as much as 80% of the pipeline to their business after working through it. Make sure you check out the b2bincubator.com and apply now to start driving more demand and more revenue for your brand. Okay, let's get on with the show. We'll get insights from successful people in the industry and cover the latest trends to keep
1: you on the cutting edge of the B2B world. If you're interested in B2B marketing strategies and tactics that work, then this podcast is for you. Subscribe to get the latest from the B2B playbook first. Remember, successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer.
0: Welcome back to the B2B playbook. Listeners, today we're talking about something very, very topical. Well, Kev, I mean, it's still topical. Everyone was obsessed with it weeks ago, but it's still incredibly relevant. It's about the use of AI tools like ChatGPT that our marketers can use to improve their B2B marketing workflow. Kev, we're doing this in season four of the B2B playbook. And up till now, pretty much every piece of content, every episode we've done has been very evergreen. But we've made an exception here, Kev.
1: AI, is it here to stay? Well, I think... George, the resounding answer there is yes, AI as a tool will be here to stay. What form it takes and what final form it takes in terms of the workflow will probably not see the answer to anytime soon. It'll probably continue to develop. And in that sense, maybe it is still another evergreen episode, George. But maybe ChatGPT specifically might not be. But I definitely think the framework within which we look at it is going to be evergreen. So it'll be interesting to yeah jump in apply our framework and hopefully give our listeners a peace of mind when it comes to all this disruption that ai is really going to create in our space and many other industries as well
0: i had a feeling kev you were going to say that it's here to stay. i mean we're already starting to integrate it into some of our processes ourselves and kev i think that's why it actually fits in really nicely in the fourth of our 5 B's framework uh be better Because it's all about optimizing workflow, all about how we can one-up what we've been doing in those first three Bs. And so these AI tools, Kev, we're finding them to be incredibly useful and it's still such early days.
1: Yeah, it definitely is very early days. And as you said, George, lots of helpfulness coming from the tools. Obviously, it's if people are watching What's happening, there's lots of weird answers coming out of ChatGPT and its rivals are probably a little bit behind, but seems to be at that stage where we're still getting a lot of confusion from the tools, but it's definitely going to be something that improves over time as it gets better quality data to look at, as it gets better itself from the learning that we're all putting it through as we test it.
0: So I think then, Kev, it's probably important for our marketers to realize how they can start to use this in their processes now and going forward. I don't know about you, Kev. I think I said to you when uh, ChatGPT came out, on the one hand, I was so excited about it because it was, I don't know, it was probably the first experience I've had on a computer in a really long time, Kev, that just made me go, wow, I cannot believe that this is here, that we can use this that it's able to put this information together. And on the other side, Kev, I actually felt a little bit anxious because I was like, oh my God, I'm just trying to get on top of our content. I'm just like, I know what our strategy is going to be for 2023. Now, if we don't leverage AI, are we now going to fall behind? Are we missing a ticket by not integrating into the, this into our process early on? So Kev, you and I have done a bit of diving into um, what's possible with these tools and hopefully we can share at least how we're using it and what our thoughts are on it going forward to save our listeners a bit of that anxiety.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think that's the crux of the discussion today. We're really going to be focusing on talking about AI tools in that context. So how does tools like ChatGPT affect The processes around content creation and we really won't be talking about how it's going to impact other things like using it as a performance channel down the track because we have seen that's as we anticipated it's moving in that direction where it's becoming a paid tool there's paid tiers and it's able to be used within a paid setting like search and They're already talking about how they can put advertising streams into the tool itself, into the chats itself. So it's definitely moving in that direction, but that's not what we're talking about today. Today, we specifically focus on talking about how we can use these tools within the content creation process and just talk about it in terms of what is causing all the excitement, what's causing all the fears and apprehension, and also how can our current content teams and content creation teams really start to manage it and use it and hopefully see its impact as a positive one on jobs and team building as well going forward.
0: And I think it's going to be a positive impact, Kevin, especially for our audience, right? Those B2B marketers in small teams, they're going to be able to leverage AI to do things faster and to pump things out at a speed and rate that's up there with the big guys. So I'm really excited about that. So today, listeners, we're going to talk through, first of all, what is AIs as a tool, what's its current state, what are its limitations, and what are its current and foreseeable use cases in B2B marketing. We're also going to look, of course, Kevin, at where it sits within our 5Bs framework because we love our framework. We've heard from many of our listeners that they love our framework, so we're going to look at where it fits in there. And then finally, we're going to look at how you, dear listeners, you should look to explore its use. All right, Kev, let's kick off with the current stats. Let's go a recap of where we're at right now.
1: Yeah, so let's make this quick. We'll just start in November of last year, 2022. OpenAI, the business behind ChatGPT, they launched ChatGPT, the chatbot. It's an AI that you can interact with in a conversational way. So basically it's a chatbot that knows <laughs> what is being asked. And if there isn't a preset set of questions, it's figuring out and generating answers along the way with your prompts. So you type in a question or series of questions and it will respond and do its best to have a conversation with you. Now, Microsoft, a big investor in OpenAI, the company behind ChatGPT, they more recently announced that it would include a version of this AI chatbot within this search engine Bing. So effectively what they're saying there is they're going to combine that technology. They're going to give it all the data it has that it's indexing through Bing, through its search engine, And that will allow the chatbot to speak to you differently and speak to you with more information at its fingertips within a tab within their search function. And effectively, the idea is that as you're searching for things as you normally would now, you now have the ability to go over to a tab that says chatbot or AI chatbot, whatever it it will be, and effectively have a conversation with them instead of just seeing organic search results and what have you. And within a day of that announcement, Google announced their intention to do something similar on Chrome with their version of the chatbot, which is called Bard. And initial tests suggest that both the Bing version as well as Google's during the announcement actually became clear that both AI chatbots are impressive, obviously, return very comprehensive and okay answers in a conversational manner, but it can produce things like articles opinions analysis and the like even strategies if you ask it but i think you know what a lot of people are noticing is there's obviously some mistakes within the answers and some of those answers are just factually incorrect at the moment even some really weird and nonsensical responses if you really push it
0: (laughs) yeah i've definitely got some funny responses out of it kev it's pretty good you know what kev we are on youtube now these days there's a component to what we're doing so let's leverage that um, i've got chat gpt in our screen right here let's ask it a question and see how good it is. it see what we get out of it all right kev i want to ask it i work as an in-house marketer for an edtech platform that sells software that helps students learn easier give me three article ideas for the blog on our website All right. So we're a B2B SaaS company. GPT, give us some blog ideas. Let's see how it goes. All right. Sure. Here are three article ideas for your edtech platform's blog. The first one is five proven study techniques that can boost your grades. And then it goes to expand on what that actual article would be about. This article could provide actionable tips for students to help them study more effectively. You could include techniques such as Using flashcards, summarizing notes, creating mind maps, taking breaks, and practicing retrieval. Make sure to cite studies or research that support effective of each technique. There's another couple of article ideas, Kev. The next one is how our software helps students learn more efficiently. Yeah, not bad. And then the final one, the future of education, trends and predictions for 2023. Kevin, it's not bad, is it? It popped that out straight away. (laughs) it's taken into the context of of us being an edtech platform. We probably haven't fed it enough information about exactly who it is our dream customer is and like who the buying roles are within our dream customer. It'd be really interesting if we gave it that information, if it could maybe tailor that even further, but an interesting start.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it's even specific enough to say things like make sure to provide examples or make sure to provide insights and quotes from relevant industry experts. So obviously, those are factors that we're looking for to improve the quality of the content. Um, So it is pretty clever. But I think, as you said, we need to feed it more information to get it to a better place of where we want it. Over time, you can see that just following these suggestions, you're not really hitting the dream customers or the main pillars of conversations that we want to have with those dream customers or potential dream customers. So these tools, as you can see, listeners, it definitely requires an element of quality props. Make sure that you're putting the right prompts in to get the right answers. You have to analyze it in that way.
0: And Kev, I suspect it's something that we're going to discuss later. You know, If you're not really tailoring it, it's really just spitting out, I would say, Kev, commodity content Right. It's the kind of content that you could very easily do a Google search and these articles are probably going to be on that first page of Google. So it's incredibly important to really learn how to use the inputs you Kev, to get the output that actually leads to good content marketing, that actually touches the, the very real pain points that your dream customers are experiencing and communicating them in a way that they really care about that is different to the rest of the competition.
1: I think one last note to make here is that what we're not seeing here is the sort of mistakes we're talking about earlier that these AI chatbots can come up with, and we have to be vigilant for that because generally, what we've come to understand with these chatbots, these AI chatbots, is they're effectively scraping information that's available online, and it's not really at the point yet where it has enough information or has enough built into its algorithms to figure out that a certain Things are not true, and we're probably better at discerning that for ourselves. Maybe not, but we at least we think so at the moment. We think there's certain things that we're better at discerning whether it's true or not, whether it's a false fact, and things like that. So that's definitely a limitation that we want to call out. Not really evident here within these results that we just spoke about, but it's definitely something that if you're starting to use these AI tools, you need to keep an eye out for. All right, George. So. Let's talk about then where these kind of tools sit within our 5Bs framework.
0: Well, Kev, within our 5Bs framework, I think that the short version of it is that we think of it simply as a research tool and a content creation tool to help your workflow. So particularly, it sits in the be helpful stage and probably in the be better stage. The beautiful news, Kev, is our framework still stands. So listeners, you still need to build trust online in order to genuinely affect the demand generation process, to build true affinity for your brand, to create a desire in those people to want to buy from you. And you still have to do this through high quality content. It's just now that, as we said, you've got more tools to help you create that content, but you still need to ensure that that content that's created is of a really high quality. And it's gotta be really helpful to your intended audience. And if you're doing that, you're doing it right.
1: As George said, that's the short version listeners. We're gonna dive a little bit deeper. So let's talk about our current understanding of where these tools are at. They're effectively there to easily help you generate contents and even first drafts in some cases. But as we know, there's some limitations when it comes to accuracy of that information and really relies on the quality of your prompts. it's still no real substitution for actually doing your qualitative and quantitative research. Sure, you can use it to potentially help you start that process, but there's no substitute for you to actually look at your data and actually speak to your potential dream customers to build your dream customer avatars and your dream 100 list. You can ask ChatGPT what should be in my dream 100 list, what, what our dream customer avatars can look like, even if you feed in data, it's not really going to be able to tell you a definitive answer, like a 100% accurate answer without you actually going and talking to those potential chain customers and figuring out what those finer points are because ChatGPT and tools like that simply don't have that data. And it's not going to be able to give you that understanding without you doing the legwork there.
0: All right, folks, quick breather here. In my time in B2B marketing, generally I've come to realize that there are just certain tools that can be an absolute game changer. And that's why I'm really excited to talk about Leadfeeder. Uh, It's a tool that helps you cut through the data and turn those website visitors into solid leads and opportunities for your business. Leadfeeder shows you which companies are checking out your site, tracking their behavior, and it integrates all of this with your CRM. And the result is it's Basically, like a secret weapon for targeted lead engagement, and it really makes it easier for your team to convert website traffic into sales. Head to leadfeeder.com, give it a free demo, and you'll also get a free extended premium trial when you let the rep know that you found out about Lead Feeder through the B2B Playbook podcast. That's leadfeeder.com. Okay, check it out. Back to the show. The dream is Kevin when something like ChatGPT is connected to your data. So imagine if it was connected to a qualitative research tool like um I think Dovetail. So every time you interview a dream customer, it automatically records everything that you say about it and if it was able to actually reference that and go, "Well, George has had 10 conversations with B2B marketing managers at companies that are size 11 to 50." Here's everything that they told him. Well, of course, it can go through and look at your conversation and generate very real insights there, but it doesn't have access to that information now, does it, Kev? It's pretty much just scraping the internet.
1: It's still just aggregating whatever is on the internet right now, and much of the internet isn't really talking about what's burning questions for your potential customers. It's not really talking about specific things to your audience group, um, And even if it is, it's probably wrong. (laughs) That's unfortunate, sorry, state of our internet. As George said, there's a lot of commodity content out there. The quality of that content obviously isn't there. Otherwise, all your dream customers will be in the one place. But that's the shortcomings of the tools at the moment. It would be great to see those kind of tools tap into and be able to limit it to specific groups of data or data that you can feed into it. In a very privacy-centric way but it's certainly not there yet and even if it is you still have to do the groundwork to talk to your customers that data doesn't exist without your work to get it together to put together a strategy behind that
0: kev i mean if the internet was right then we would be billionaires by now wouldn't we, <laughs> we just had to we'd just google how to become a billionaire as a marketer we should have the answers um, but and look the B2B playbook would have been redundant. We built it because we couldn't find anything else out like this. So Kev, you know, let's humor ourselves and just say, look, say we are a terrific source of B2B marketing knowledge. I think that we are. I think the last time that ChatGPT was um, updated in terms of information was at some point in 2021. We were still babies back then with the B2B playbook. So, So much of our own information wasn't out there. Um, I'm sure there are still other good sources that it's pulling upon, Uh, but you know, it's just an indicator that these things do have their limitations.
1: Yeah, and I think one of the main ones that we've been speaking about is it does depend on your prompts. It's not something that is at the very high levels of AI as we imagine it. It's not a separate person that can keep coming up with new ideas itself. It's really just aggregating and regenerating and evolving the information that's already out there. The tools won't give you that whole framework from scratch. It won't help you adapt its use to your particular use case and it won't really know your audience context and your growth strategy within your business. Maybe you don't want to focus on a certain area because it's not relevant to your business or it's not where you can build a defensible advantage. These are the things that it doesn't know and therefore won't be able to know to prioritize which part of our framework even that you should be working on. So there's still a lot of work here for diligent marketers to execute on a daily basis. And in fact, we foresee more work for us as marketers in the eve of all these tools because with this inevitable increase in the use of such tools to generate things like content, It's likely going to be a glut of very poor content out there because people aren't putting all those processes in place to review its quality. So it becomes even less relevant to your dream customers and even more important for you to have very high quality content to stand out, to have a difference, to have an impact and build those relationships of trust online. So your own workflow might look to incorporate some of these tools but it will require a lot more review than it used to, require a lot more fact-checking, at least at this stage, within content creation if you're using those tools. So our work as marketers will naturally increase as a result.
0: Oh, Kevin, the amount of crap that is coming our way is going to be huge. I mean, I know that marketers already work to targets of the number of content pieces they're trying to put out every month. For some, it might be one or two big blogs, some it might be three or four, some might have other different formats. Now that these tools are available, Kev, I can only see that those numbers are going to go up. That's going to be the immediate knee-jerk reaction is, holy crap, we can now put out more content even faster for cheaper. Like It's an arms race. Let's go and do that first. Let's be the first to do it. Kev, Everyone's going to do that. Everyone in your industry has access to this tool. It's free. Even once it becomes a paid tier, it's not going to be that expensive. So everyone's going to have equal access to it. Plus, God, the amount of press that ChatGPT has had, everyone's going to be aware of it. So, how on earth are you going to differentiate your content? How is it going to get that cut through? that you really need to build a relationship between your dream customer and your business if you're all just using the same robot with the same inputs to write your content for you.
1: Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure like that. And I think one of the things that we haven't really spoken about is, okay, if you haven't already used it, you know, your bosses, your teams and your peers within your business might start asking you what is the impact of such tools on our own marketing and how it will be used. And in that case, I think it's important to highlight again that don't get sidetracked by those temptations. Remind them of the foundations. If that's the five B's framework, great. Remind them that you still need to deeply understand your customers. The tools can't give you that. You need to build trust online with really helpful content. The tools can help you get that, but still can't give you that from one prompt. And you then need to go into that process of amplifying and scaling the impact and reach of those efforts. Again, the tools probably can't give you that with any degree of certainty because it's then relying on all these other social channels and other promotional channels that you have to incorporate and find which works specifically for your brand. And such tools are really simple things to assist in the creation of some of that helpful content, but it still has to be reviewed and looked at and verified to make sure that it really is helpful, it's correct and it serves that ultimate purpose of building helpful content and building trust online. Kev, I
0: think one particular format that's really gonna change is the how-to articles. Now, the how-to articles are the ones, the pieces that as a marketer, They're normally a no-brainer. They're the evergreen pieces where you're answering the questions that your dream customer are going to have very often. So a how-to article for us, Kev, for example, would be, you know, how can in-house marketers conduct uh, customer interviews, right? That's a classic how-to. It basically just gives people a process. Now, Kev, I'm going to put ChatGPT to the test again and we're going to see what it spits out for us when I ask it. So I've just asked ChatGPT, write me a 700 word article on how in-house marketers should conduct customer interviews. Listeners, go to the YouTube video once this is live, um it'll be live at the same time that the podcast is released to go and check out the response. But at the moment it's pumping out some some actually surprisingly good stuff. It's starting <laughs> by telling us to define your objectives. So before conducting a customer interview, it's crucial to define your objectives. You know, what do you want to achieve with the interview? What specific questions do you want to ask? Kev, that's an awesome point. And it's something that uh, Ryan Gibson, who we've had on the podcast says that you should always start your customer interviews with. Always start with an objective. Second step, choose your interviewees wisely. So it says not all customers are the same. It's essential to choose the right customers to gain the most valuable insights. Consider the characteristics of your ideal customer. Oh, Kev, I think we're out of a job here. This <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, step three, prepare your question. Step four, conduct the interview. Step five, record and analyze the data. Step six, follow up. I really encourage people to go and check out this response or test it out for yourself. Kev, honestly, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. So how are we going to differentiate ourselves from other B2B marketers out there? You know, this how-to content that it's spitting out is really, really good. How do we level up from there?
1: Yeah, and I should also point out that that prompt, we haven't told it who to target. We haven't told it what voice to put it in. We can definitely put those prompts in and it'll be even more accurate. But again, you need to know that some of that information off the bat, ChatGPT, you won't be able to figure out for you. You can't say who's my best audience and target it towards that. So that's some of the information that you definitely need to put in and that'll be able to help you differentiate both the answer and the content that ChatGPT generates and also have it more targeted towards your audience. So that's one, improving the quality of your prompts through your own research and your own data. And I think the second most obvious one is obviously ChatGPT can't give real stories or real people within the articles, real quotes from those people to really hone in some of those points. It's not going to have as much impact when it's just a strategy on paper, a list of things to do within a how-to article, yes, that's going to be helpful for those just picking it up and trying to get something running very quickly. But for the majority of people, they also see one where it's written by one of us who have gone through the process, we're able to put in some quotes, some real faces to the process, and some real problems that come up within that process and the quotes to go along with those. Then that's going to really ground and contextualize the information a lot better and be a lot easier to action for other humans like us out there who are following instructions but need a human element to it.
0: So that's then, Kev, what elevates us beyond commodity content is we actually weave in a story. So I think, Kevin's storytelling is going to become incredibly important to distinguish yourself moving forward. If everyone can just pump out information, you know, like in 10 seconds, it's the story, the hook... The lessons that you've learned, the faces, you know, that people can identify with, that's what's going to be really important going forward.
1: Yeah, 100%. You can see from this article, since <laughs> those of you listening on the podcast can't, but effectively, the article follows a very much tried and true structure of an essay we all learned to do in high school, which is introduction, body, and conclusion. But obviously, us humans can be a little bit more creative with that. We can play around with the structure. We can play around with what we start with as the hook, as George said, and obviously make it sound a little less robotic. It certainly still has that element of sounding much the same within Chat within ChatGPD Answers. So certainly adding your personality and things like that will be very important. So George, I think before we move on to talking about more specifically how to incorporate these tools into your workflow beyond what we've already spoken about, one last step in how we see these tools moving forward and how it sits within our framework. If you look further forward, we might see these tools start to improve in the accuracy as they learn from use and from the underlying models being improved by the team behind them to limit those limitations and to make improvements on the accuracy as developers do. Um, That process will take time. It will take time before it can really replicate the real creation process and the difference in our ability to not only understand what the content is and whether it's being truly helpful to our intended audience but also our ability to tailor it to as i said add your personality and flair into it to set your brand and business apart that's really where it sits in with our framework it's a great tool to start to build the foundations for you but you really need to add that extra layer of the human touch the personality the flair the organization to your particular use case from our from your competitors and really from other ai generated content out there that's what's going to help you differentiate and continue to innovate and change what your business and brand looks like
0: the era of personal brands kev and original research it's upon us Um, it's coming i think everyone needs to get a little head start in it um it's something that we've decided to do for our business i mean we decided to make ourselves the face of the b2b playbook you know our faces kev are on every single asset that we have for the b2b playbook because at the end of the day i think people still want to listen to buy from and trust people and i think it's a lot easier to do that when you have a face That becomes a little bit more difficult when you're in a larger organization, but there are so many CEOs uh, who are really starting to understand that they have to embrace this and not just CEOs, but other leaders within an organization that they need to show their face if they're going to continue to get people to trust them and if they're going to maintain a competitive advantage over the other people in their market.
1: Yeah, I think if anything, the advent of these AI tools is actually accelerating the need for things like our framework and things like the process of building that trust online. That's maybe a little bit more personalized and a little less cookie cutter. All right, Kev, how are we going
0: to incorporate these tools into the workflow today? How can our marketers actually go and do it?
1: The obvious use case that we've already gone through a few times here is to actually give a topic to generate content for you. And so if That's something you want to do. That's something you can start to test straight away. If you have content writers, this may cut down the time they need to really help them get there quicker in terms of helping create more content and helping you scale faster. But you actually need to make sure that as you test this and you put in those verification processes by a human that we... Mentioned before, ensure any content that is generated is finalised and checked by humans, so that they're really sense checked to see that there's nothing crazy on going on in there and the facts are right. There's some pretty weird answers and plain wrong results that are coming out of these chatbots, so make sure that you verify everything and sense check, and also sense check that it really does hit that point of being helpful and useful content and addresses pain points for your target audience. Now, we've seen from the previous example, it seems to do that pretty well, but does it really hit at home? Is it personalized enough with examples, with a personal touch and flair to make sure the points that should hit home really hit home when you read through that piece of content? In other words, remember to make sure that it's helpful. That process happens within the Be Better stage as you optimize your workflow. And we also think it's going to be helpful, as mentioned before, in generating content ideas. So the first example that George went through with the chat, it came up with three ideas fairly quickly. You give it a prompt and then it'll give more of the same or subtopics within a particular topic that are currently popular within a broader topic that your audience wants to hear about or finds helpful. And we suggest using it in that case as a springboard of ideas to get around things like writer's block so you don't have to wait around for inspiration to strike you can use these tools to help you in that process and then you can take those ideas and generate content through ChatGPT again but you might also want to generate content on those topics not within the written form so obviously video content is still very dominant at the moment and it's worth using that medium to discuss some of the topics generated as George and I are doing in this particular case when we go through the examples. But that is another way to use such tools, help you generate those content ideas, but then you might need to do the work in producing that content within another medium that isn't written. And remember that you can actually still use those tools to generate the script. For a particular video, you can do that. So there's still a degree in which it can help you generate that content, but think about how you can take that and start to create other forms of content that isn't currently available within chat chatbots and AI chatbots.
0: I think you nailed it when you said, you know, remember to get creative and involve creators in that process to add your brand personality in. And I think it's such a strong argument for creating content in the same way that that you and I do. We've spoken about it a few times on the show, but the way that Kevin and I do all our content from... The YouTube channel, the podcast, our LinkedIn posts, our articles, they all just start with this podcast that we shoot every week and everything is just repurposed. Our newsletter, it's all a derivative of that. And because we're doing that, we're starting it with the most human element. We're starting with Kevin and I at the top. And from there, we can just use AI tools to help us repurpose things faster. But when we're doing that repurposing, we're starting with something that's human first rather than starting with something that is, I guess, a robot first. And I think, Kev, that that's going to give us a key advantage and um, probably is going to continue to come across to our audience in a more positive way than some of that commodity content out there. So I really encourage our listeners, if they haven't already, to go back and listen to our episode that we'll link in the show notes around content repurposing and how Kevin and I do it because we think it's a great way to, to set up your content strategy moving forward so it really highlights your brand and personality.
1: That's a very important element, listeners, because as George said, it, there's no substitute for your ability to create that personality and content and flair within your content. So it's important to start with that human element at the top and it will feed through right the way through your other content no matter how you repurpose it. And you can continue to evolve your brand and you can continue to input very high quality insights from the human side, right at the top. So that it really feeds all the way through and sets your content apart from your competitors and other AI generated content. And you and know what, probably the best ones at the moment to continually evolve their brands. Yes, AI can keep up with the ever-changing needs of a particular audience based on what's online. But we can actually go and talk to them and get real time data before AI has a handle on some of that. And we can continue to evolve our brand in relation to those insights a bit quicker at the moment.
0: And just a tiny little indication as to how we're using it at the moment. Of course, we record this podcast with video and audio in Riverside. We can then throw out, well, we get a transcript from a tool called Descript which is amazing um, at recognizing our audio and turning that into subtitles. It does it so quickly. If Kev or I screw up at some point, it actually has an AI tool in there that imitates our voice and we can overdub what we said uh, with what we wanted to say, which is kind of crazy. We haven't really used that that much, Kev. I still sound a little robotic, um, I imagine you sound a bit like a robot anyway, so it probably wouldn't be a big different. <laughs> and then we can feed the transcript into something like ChatGPT and say, uh, give us some summary notes that we can then post on our article. And then from that, we can ask, you know, what are three article ideas to come from this discussion and use that as a base. But again, it's all starting with that human interaction and using AI to really improve the workflow, Kev, which is why it's in Be Better.
1: That's it, George. And listeners, final use case that you can use these tools for is it can help you quickly start some research and finding information sources. So we spoke about before that it doesn't always have all the information or the data on there, but you could ask those tools to find things like who are the industry leaders talking about specific topics that you want to start looking into further, or you want to start creating content for your particular audience. It will hopefully give you that great jumping off point again to dive in deeper yourself to do the legwork to find out more, but it certainly helps with the starting point of that writer's block related issues. But again, as with other use cases, remember to fact check at this stage because it may not necessarily give you the right answers for your particular use case.
0: Kev, just a little helpful tip for the listeners. I've come across a website which basically aggregates all the AI tools out there. And so you can go to this website and be like, I want an AI tool that's going to help me with video editing or creating a photo, whatever it might be. And um, it tells you which companies do it, whether they're free, whether they're paid, that kind of thing. So we'll just link to that in the show notes. And it could be a fun place for our listeners to get started. And I will probably finish off, Kev with a warning to our listeners, which is, listeners, you cannot copy and paste the output from this AI and put it on your website. People are saying that the AI tools, when it has an output, that's going to leave some kind of a watermark in a similar way to when you download a photo that you shouldn't have from a stock photo website. It leaves a watermark, so you can't use it properly. And the reason that they think that AI tools are doing that, if in five years time now most of the content is created with ai or ai assisted and the main input for information for ai is what's on the internet well then half the stuff of the internet is going to be from ai and so they need to be able to distinguish what's written by a human and what's written by an ai so if the company can do it there's a good chance that search engines like google they're going to figure out how to do it and you could be penalized i think kevin if you're just straight copying and
1: pasting what seems like just purely AI-generated content. it's a great point, George, and one to definitely keep an eye out for. All right, listeners, key takeaways for this episode. AI tools like ChatGPT are powerful, but they're still just tools that need your prompts. They don't change the fundamentals, things such as the 5Bs framework. You as the B2B marketer still need to deeply understand your dream customers and build trust online with truly helpful content. Using such AI tools to help with the content creation and idea generation process, but be aware of its limitations. Have processes in place to fact check and to add your own creative flair and personality into your content and your content format so that you set yourself apart from the other AI-generated content as well as your competitors. Don't let the evolution of your brand stand still as a result of the use of these tools
0: beautifully done kevin thank you very much listeners as always you can find links to everything we discussed in the show note go and check out our youtube channel the b2bplaybook.com go and see kevin my faces um we also try and mix it up we've made it a little bit more interesting with some new visuals so go and check it out leave us a comment on our youtube channel would love to hear what you guys think about it as always we're so grateful that more and more marketers are tuning in every monday morning to the b2b playbook podcast kevin if we can ask one thing, listeners please leave us a short review on whatever platform it is you listen on or pass it on to someone who you think would get value from the show. It's a huge help to us and we really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Kev. Thank you, listeners. Take care and see you next week.
1: Thanks, George. Thank you, listeners, as always. See you next week.
0: A quick note before you go, listeners. You can find more great content and get in touch with us
1: at theb2bplaybook.com. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and our newsletter while you're there to get the latest news, tips, and resources from our playbook.
0: We'll be back the same day and same time with another episode next week.
1: Thanks for tuning in to the B2B Playbook. Remember, successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer.